1: The Somewhere in the Skies podcast is free to listen to every week. But if you would like to help support the show, we have a very active Patreon page where you give what you think the show is worth. In return, you'll get early access to the main show, bonus episodes, and priority to ask our guests your listener questions. Your support truly makes the show continue and grow. So to learn more and to join, visit patreon.com. Slash Somewhere Skies. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Spread. John Greenwald. Welcome back, my man. It's good to see you. You too, my man. How you feeling?
0: Getting over it. It's this time of year, man. California goes from like shorts, t-shirt weather, uh, hot, go to the beach. I kid you not, literally a day later, it's freezing. We just got rain here. It's that weather change that kills me every year. So you know enough whining from me but uh but yeah it 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 just it gets me there's always one every year around this time that just knocks me out for two weeks so hopefully i'm on the the tail end of it but the story today was just kind of too much to to sit on and and wait until my voice was better so i thought i'd drop the video and and do it yeah well yeah and you dropped this video literally to, gosh 10 20 20 minutes ago.
1: Um, and this is some big news coming out about uh, a lot of the recent stuff going on. Um, everyone watching this has seen these Navy videos that we've been watching since 2017 that have made the rounds that were officially released by the department of defense. There's so much, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about these three videos forever, but, um, what I think the UFO community truly wants is more videos. And we're excited because we're being told that they're looking at a lot more reports within the uh, Pentagon now than they did previously when this last assessment came out. But the real question on everyone's mind is, are we going to get more videos? Are there going to be things we could talk about for the next three, four years and analyze? So I got to ask you, what was this story you dropped today? And uh, hit us, man. Hit us with the honest, brutal truth about what you learned.
0: Yeah, it's well, it's both of those. It's honest and brutal. Uh, Just to quickly preface the story. If, yeah. uh, if you or your audience isn't aware, a couple months ago, I had published something and, and vi- uh, put a video out as well. that got some international attention and, and big headlines that the Navy was exempting 100% of their UAP videos. Now, obviously, we've seen the three videos that they have officially released. They claim 100% of everything else that they have was was exempt from release due to national security reasons. Well, after that happened and there, again there was quite a bit of media attention i had submitted a very lengthy appeal it's it was something that i would consider much bigger and more detailed than uh than i would normally submit on an in an, an appeal because i was really fighting for this but on top of it i really felt i had a strong case to get the navy to reverse the decision so fast forward to a couple of hours ago i was about to do a interview in uh uh, De- uh, Denmark, I believe they are. And <clears throat> literally minutes before I go on, we did the interview. But minutes before I go on, I get this denial letter. And I'm like, "Nah, you got to be kidding me. Is this the same case? And, and I looked up the case, I went up, oh, that's it. This is the one that I profiled, that that um, had denied 100% of the videos. And essentially what happened was, was, and I'll pull it up on my end too, just to make sure I'm not uh, misquoting anybody, but the office of the judge advocate general had rendered their decision that they looked over everything that I put in the appeal and denied it. So essentially they agreed with the Navy uh, for withholding everything and I lost now, one thing I put in my video that I want to kind of relay here is why is this important? You know, some people may think, well, you know, there's secrecy, there's, there's secrecy all around, you know, who cares? It's the government, they'll never tell you anything. These types of decisions are what play a role in future disclosures, pardon, pardon the word usage, uh, but disclosures in the sense of releases to the public, uh, either through FOIA or MDR, or just uh, them wanting to be transparent when they review stuff like this and make a decision at an appellate level, not at a FOIA level, even though I I lost that part, second would be the appellate level. Uh, Now you're getting uh, much more serious decision making. My next step is to go into a courtroom and to plead my case to a judge. The problem with that is we're talking about national security. So the exact reason that they they are denying all of this, they won't tell you, they'll tell you the broad stroke language, uh, but we don't know exactly why these videos fit into that criteria. So how do you fight something you don't know? <laughs> so beyond my appeal, which I which I put a lot of effort into, how do you fight what you are not told on why they are, are denying this. So that's why this is important, because now this could resonate to other military branches as if it hasn't already, that this could play a role in uh, their decision to release UFO UAP videos for years to come. And the reason I say years is everything that they reviewed by the letter of the law, they do not have to review it again for two years, they can mm-hmm. cite these cases and go, sorry, you know, there's there's been a review, and they will blanket deny it for for two more years. And then you can submit a let's say MDR, and hopefully get them to review it again and release it. But we're two years out from that. So it's a big development, because uh, just to close the thought, you've got people out there that are using the disclosure word. Um, they feel that Congress being involved will somehow trump national security. And I've long warned against that Congress does not trump national security. They don't just say, well, look, my my constituents want to know. So you have to tell us. That's not how that works. Uh, that's why there's closed door sessions. That's why there's classified briefings. That's why they hold security uh oaths. It's because they will represent us in the halls of Congress asking ODNI questions or Navy or DOD or whomever. But when it comes to classification, uh, they cannot trump that. And so what that essentially translates to is Congress will want to relay to their constituents, they're on it. Uh, but at the end of the day, that secrecy is even thicker than it was yesterday, which is pretty frustrating.
1: Yeah, I remember. I think last time we had you on, uh, actually, this is when you brought up these exact points of the more they get involved, the less we're probably going to know, the more they can put their, you know, wrap their fingers around it and, and close the door a little tighter on us with classification. And we're not just with the UFO topic, like we're seeing over classification happening all over the Pentagon for all so many different reasons. So why wouldn't it involve this topic? And why wouldn't they use the, I guess the blanket statement of national security as a reason that we're not getting things or the reason that they just flat out lie or, you know, turn about face when they're responding to you and your, in your requests and whatnot. Like I know for a fact, and you've stated like you've gotten contradicting uh, responses from different people throughout time uh showing clearly there's some sort of cover up or there's some sort of um dishonesty going on uh it's 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 sobering it's unfortunate but um i I guess my question for you john is uh and I really want people to go over and watch the video guys so definitely go watch that where John's gonna go into a lot more detail about this but um what do you think this says we're now two weeks out and we haven't gotten this new report coming out uh do you think this story uh this response you got has anything to do with that i mean are we seeing like uh, i don't know are they all backtracking now and not giving this new uh arrow group their information or what do i i guess my big question is um where do you stand on why we haven't gotten this report that was supposed to come out two weeks ago at this point
0: well, my guess is as good as anybody's. I mean, I, I really don't have or claim to have any insider information. Um, I, I believe that, uh, part of this uh, is due to a rewrite. I know that that has been bantered about online. Um, I don't think what has been bantered about on Twitter is entirely accurate when it comes to a rewrite, but I don't have the answer to that either. I wish I did. I, I aim to find that out. But from what I understand, yes, the 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 rewrite word came up or a request came up and they have been uh, essentially reworking the report. Uh, Again, I aim to go after all of this, the problem with doing it now, meaning filing cases, to try and answer those questions, it's all still unfolding, we don't have an answer to it. As far as I'm aware, the uh, report has not been delivered either at a classified level or unclassified level. I look forward to anybody making those claims to show the proof. But there's no proof that that's actually happened. So what what hurts all of this is all these claims that are being made online by various people. And we don't really have any answers yet. Uh, Why it is going back to the root of your question. Again, I I really don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I got a lot of heat big shocker for putting out the, the sentiment that I think that there's a maybe waning congressional interest in this and and as that interest maybe wanes a little bit for whatever reason, uh, you don't have the motivation for them to be on time. And last year was encouraging because it was on time. And one thing I pointed out today on my channel was that, and the run up to that report, You had all these news agencies that were doing different stories you had tmz doing man on the streets running around with like cell phone camera what do you think of the uap stuff and and getting these sound bites that all of us would would love because these big voices were talking about uap on fox news on cnn on the street with tmz you know fill in the blank it was all over the place this time around you don't see that as much of course there's a a few videos here and there but I would I would definitely put up the argument that the interest there by the media, which then fuels the motivation by Congress to to get involved because they love the spotlight. Let's let's not forget that aspect to this. It's not all about them wanting to be um uh, transparent and, and push for transparency on UAP. I hate to say it, but they're politicians. So they're going to go where that interest is to stay in the spotlight to make everybody happy. And yeah, get the votes. I'm sorry. Uh That's just the reality to it. So this time around, you don't have that. And a lot of people push back on me saying, well, we're in the middle of midterms. So they let it go. And I, I'm a big believer that you know, I harp on the government a lot, but they can walk and chew gum. So if they can't go through that midterm season and still ask an agency about a congressionally mandated report, that's an issue, you know, I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's a problem. So what, what is the answer? Is it a, a waning interest? I hope not. Uh, did ODNI contact Congress, you know, let's say a week before the deadline and say, Hey, we're going to be late. Uh, that's a possibility too. And and Congress doesn't have any requirement to tell us about that or ODNI um a little interesting note, ODNI can rarely, if ever, put out official statements about their congressional correspondence, um, mainly because the public record accession acts like the Freedom of Information Act, they don't apply to Congress. So you very rarely unless, uh, you know, it's approved, get ODNI to talk about or any agency to talk about their direct communication with Congress, uh, because that's just not how that works. So rather, you, you, you need Congress to speak for Congress. And uh if they don't want to tell you, there's, there's no it doesn't matter. They don't care to tell you. So we're just kind of left to, to speculate. And that's, I think, where the damage is coming in. Because now you have the speculation, you have the, the accusations, you have all this stuff going on, even news articles writing about reports that don't even exist yet so how did that happen uh that's uh, i in my opinion maybe further supporting that there was some finished product and then somebody squawked to the new york times and the daily mail may have been the same source uh who knows but you know there's a lot of these weird unanswered questions floating around uh but at the end of the day we just don't know yet and i look forward to figuring it all out but Until we get the confirmation that the report, either classified, unclassified, or both, is delivered to Congress, that's when I can act through FOIA and then put it in writing. But until then, they'll likely reject it because it's still in draft form. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. And that's all we're waiting for. Every time there's a gap or a void, that's when we depend on you to fill in those (laughs) gaps and voids with facts. Not no speculation pressure. with facts. No pressure, my man. I gotta ask you this. Um, I don't want to keep you too long. I know you no, got a good. full a full afternoon. Uh, Tim Burchett recently saying Congress is compromised sounded both plausible and dangerous. What do you think, John? Talk about speculation. We have a Congress member saying that some members might be com- compromised by Arrow by the Pentagon. Uh, to not push this topic forward when, you know, when these congressional hearings were taking place, uh, they were really pushing for it. Uh, what do you make of this theory that yeah. maybe they're compromised? I don't know.
0: I, I just heard that myself. I think Term Burchett's an interesting voice in all of this. He had retweeted something that I had posted a few months back and uh, told me to keep pushing that it was a cover up. And when you have a sitting congressman retweet you and on anything and say it's a cover up, it's a very interesting accusation to make. And when you fast forward and see his history with this, and now saying Congress is compromised, I'd love to pick his brain and ask him why he says that I mean, those are big allegations to make. Are they, you know, political shots across the bow? Is this real information that he has? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, again, it's it's speculation, but it piqued my interest for somebody who's who's sitting in Congress to make that accusation. And the reason why I brought up the retweet on my stuff, calling it a cover up, uh, is that now he's got a a clear history of essentially supporting that idea, supporting the notion that the government is lying to us, they're covering something up, and potentially compromised. The compromised is an interesting word choice. Um, again, I that I, I don't want to speculate on. Uh, but but what one thing that I will talk about more kind of broadly and generically uh, is when uh, Congress people go through these briefings and they hear what they're 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 going to hear. Um, I want to know if that's kind of the root cause of them with their waning interest that they start hearing things uh, that doesn't mean they're necessarily compromised, but rather the questions that they had while they were on that TMZ show or Fox News or CNN or whomever, um, they start to get answers a little bit, but the answers come in a classified realm. And so now you have to back off a little bit and stop pushing the issue. I've, I've long talked about what I call the counterintelligence value to the UAP discussion. And essentially what I mean by it is there are so many layers to this onion that the U.S. military, the intelligence agencies and the government can use it for counterintelligence purposes. That sounds conspiratorial, but it's it's absolutely what they do all the time. And I think that by pleading ignorance on certain things, I quote, unquote, identifying things in other instances, you are playing a game, not necessarily with the target of the American people, but rather the worldwide audience and the worldwide intelligence agencies that they look now into America and they think, oh, crazy Americans are pushing UFO stuff. And then all of a sudden the government, I'll just take one example that I'm sure will fire up some people, but like the 2004 Nimitz encounter. I don't know if that was classified tech or a foreign piece uh, of classified tech or whatever it might be. But if they start saying, we don't know what this is, and this is a hypothetical, I'm not saying this is true for anybody who's going to attack me after, but (laughs) the hypothetical saying they look at that, the military says, Oh, we have no idea what that Nimitz Uh, encounter is, and let's just say it was a Chinese platform that that encroached onto a naval training exercise, Um, whatever fill in the blank, what are you doing by saying you don't know what that is, you're confusing the heck out of the other intelligence agencies going, wait a minute, they really didn't know that was us, we thought that they saw that it was us. But, you know, it's just kind of those war games that we've played for decades, Um, the Russians and even uh, formerly the Soviet Union were doing the exact same thing, not talking about each other in the same exact waters that they would run. And there are documented incidents where submarines would actually scrape holes going past each other. But the governments wouldn't talk about it, right? So it was kind of like this mutual, we knew you were there, but we're not going to talk about it or acknowledge it. And they would they would do these kind of war games. So Again, that counterintelligence value to situations like that is absolute gold. But before anybody thinks that I'm saying it's all classified tech, it works on the other end too. When you have a certain percentage of cases that don't have an identification, that truly don't have an ID, we have no idea what these are. And I think, albeit a small percentage, I do think that they're out there. Um, now, by kind of just throwing all this mud out there, you kind of hide that in the process, you hide that in the mud, so to speak. And so it makes it increasingly difficult for people like me, you, your audience to decipher what in the heck is going on. And and that's where that counterintelligence value comes in, because now you're having the discussion. So you satisfy the public demand. You're creating reports, which, you know, ah, some are identified, some are not, there's a balloon, you're showing progress, if the New York Times is accurate with their summation, even though Julian Barnes had some silly word choices. But let's say that that's happening, you've now satisfied Congress. uh, But on the world stage, you're also confusing all of these world powers in in the process, and the true mystery behind these phenomena, the stuff that all of us are really kind of the most drawn to, uh, you hide it all in that mud, and I and I think, in my opinion, that's what's going on right now. Uh, that that they are using this topic to just throw mud out there to where people just give up, and you you actually see that right now with a lot of of voices that over the last couple of years were big advocates for transparency, um, call them activists if you want, whatever they're doing all of that. And they've gotten so frustrated. And it's a growing list. I'm not just talking about one or two. But it's a growing list of people that just say, I'm done. I forget it. There's nothing to this because they get so frustrated with it. Uh, someone in my channel while the, my video was playing, they were so frustrated. They said, I've I invested 30 years of my life in this. I'm out. I'm like, whoa, wait, wait, that's not my intent with this video. Don't get that. Don't get that frustrated. Um, But that is part of this arena and we can't let them win and we can't let them achieve that if that really is going on. And I, I told myself that 26 years ago when I was 15, if there was a government cover up, they would frustrate me to no end and they'd want me to stop. And I vowed, and this is not an exaggeration, I vowed to myself at that point, um, it was like in the first few months, first six months of using FOIA, I'm like, wow, there's really a cover up here. This is what they want me to do, because I was getting frustrated uh, even back then. Now, <laughs> the stories that's going on now trump those. But uh, I told myself, don't do it. That I mean, look, if there's this massive cover up, which I believe now is easily provable, uh, they want you to go away. Don't do it. And that's what I kind of feel is going on now. And we're seeing a growing number of voices that are just saying, forget it. I'm done. They're out. And uh, and it's uh, painful to see. I-, I wish I didn't see that. Yeah,
1: I know. You know, and there are specific people we could point out who you know were big activists and just kind of moved on, kind of you know took off the rose-colored glasses and saw the deception that we deal with in this field. Uh, gosh, ever since the beginning, and yeah. it's frustrating, John. I know you. Uh, me, many others in this chat, we all have been in this God, I'm going on like over 20 years now. Um, I know you're, you're comparable to that as well. And it is frustrating because ever since that 2017 article came out, so many of the people in this field just had a funny feeling from the very start. Yeah. And I had it, I I'm sure I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure you obviously were very skeptical um you I know, ruffled some feathers in into- the beginning, yeah. I
0: think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you should have, and as you're still doing, and that's what we need. Um, it's very disheartening, and it does make like I've wanted to quit this this to be honest, this shit for a very long time because you get you get your heart broken time and time and time again. Um and I guess that has more to do with the the power you give this mystery. Uh, at least in my experience, you know, if you let it run your life, if this is what you're going to base every decision on in your day, uh, you got a problem. Like you have to disassociate from this UFO topic every now and again and live your life. But at the same time, it's hard when like um, these headlines keep coming out, you know, every week of government's doing this, government's doing this, government's doing this, but then we in the public never hear about any of it. It's, it's frustrating, and then yeah. now we're learning um, that mostly everything is going to be classified, or we're not going to see videos, and it makes a lot of these activists who just got involved be like, "Oh, this isn't going to be as easy as I thought." Yeah. And then you have the older people being like, "Yeah, no shit, it's not going to be." Told We've you been so. This
0: before, <laughs> and and that's the problem. History keeps repeating itself. I mean, I I think a lot of people. I don't want to say the majority, but I think a lot of people forget why we're in this. We're in this to get the answers, right? Mm -hmm. In my opinion, nobody has the answers. Nobody has 100% of, of the story. And I think that for me, anyway, it's the draw of the mystery and the fun behind what this is all about. In the process, I think some people lose that. They may get in for that. They'll see somebody that... Um, forgive the word but 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 idolize, that they feel that that they are the truth, the way, the light. I hate to use that expression, but it becomes a dangerous way to approach this uh, because then all of a sudden you're not looking for the truth anymore. you're looking for your truth, right you all you're looking for is the confirmation of what you want to believe in. I call it the I want to believe syndrome and you sacrifice, the reasons that you got into this, you sacrifice common sense, you sacrifice logic, you sacrifice all of that for the belief that you want. And that's where it becomes dangerous, it becomes frustrating, it becomes toxic. Um, and that's what's what's frustrating. We can't lose the root of why we all got in this. And I truly feel that that that, that root is the same for all of us. Now, whether or not we sprout a weed from that root or a plant that grows is all up to the person. Uh, but just to stick with that analogy, but that's what that's what I think we're, we're now seeing. We have to take a step back, and we have to question the last five years, and we have to question what is really going on. Right? It, it, this isn't personal with anybody. Uh, this isn't making silly, baseless accusations against anybody. But rather, this is taking the stories that we've been told since December of 2017, on both sides of this debate, government spokespeople through FOIA documentation, uh, in congressional hearings, and those that have come out of the government, or those advocating that, that uh, they want transparency, and they used to work for the government, we have to question what is it that they really want to achieve here? Why are we getting this mud from both angles? right, the government and those that uh, were government at one time thrown into this. That's not a bad approach to take. But I think, again, going back to what I was saying, that people are looking for their truth. It then becomes a war. This isn't research anymore. It's not a conversation anymore. It's not even a debate. It is is a downright war between those that want to believe something and then those that are just trying to figure it out you know, and, and those that really just want the answers and, uh, you know, not to, I don't want to go off on a tangent. I apologize, but I think no, that the, going back to what you were saying, this is what I think people have lost. And and you see that come out in passion and frustration, and it is so painful to see because it makes you wonder, is there an in, an intent to achieve part of that? Because you do have these voices that two years ago We're really on board with advocating for transparency. There was something to these phenomena. They didn't claim to have answers themselves. And then two years later, they're like, this is a sham. We're getting used. They get used. Um, You you see that transition. And again, if anybody thinks I'm talking about one or two people, trust me, I'm not. It is a growing list of people that I see in my timeline uh, that are going through this. And it is painful to see it really is because at the end of the day, this secrecy has gone on for well more than a half a century. The cover-up is provable with ample evidence that no one can deny that doesn't automatically equate to aliens, but where I'm going with this is a buildup to don't lose the passion of why you're here because the evidence to support why you're here is easily found. The unanswered question of, is it alien that we all want to know, uh, is, is something that should still linger and not something we should take up arms over. And sadly, in the last couple of years, there has been a growing sect of people that have taken up arms over it. And that's where I get really concerned and, and, um, kind of upset to see because we've lost good voices. We've lost strong voices and look what's happening. There is a, in my opinion, dwindling interest within Congress, which is then going to make these government agencies not care about putting more money to it. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I'm just saying that's kind of what I'm seeing.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze,
0: relax and think about work. Let's prove them wrong. No,
1: man, that that that's very inspirational. And even someone like myself has to hear that, uh, especially from someone like you, who, who has dealt with every kind of, um, you know, uh, I don't like using the word drama, but you get caught up in a lot of things because of your honesty and because of the fact-by-fact basis. So to hear you say, this is still worth pursuing, there, remember why we're here. Um, we all need to do that and i try to do that on a daily basis and for some reason i'm still here i'm still here i'm still fighting the good fight and i know you are too um on a more positive note um because i've kept you way longer than i No, you're good you're um okay cool thanks man i appreciate your time um there's one more story that you you covered uh that is hopeful and that's from the uapx group now a lot of you may know this group uh gary voorhees and um Who else? Jeremy McGowan, uh, a bunch of scientists are involved in this group. And they are doing expeditions to go out and investigate uh, UAP, uh, primarily near Catalina Island, where the original Nimitz encounter occurred. Um, But they have other plans as well. But um, this is interesting. This group who, you know, is kind of new on the scene, but has been doing incredible work, data driven work, uh, was contacted by the intelligence agencies, by the uh, Pentagon. Uh, More specifically, I believe it was the Armed Services Committee.
0: In Congress, right.
1: In Congress, okay. Uh, To brief them on the UAP issue and what they have found. Um, So, yeah, is there anything you can kind of break down for us, John, in terms of this story? I find this very, um, uh, this is the kind of stuff that gets me excited and that um, there's hope. There's hope for this.
0: Yeah, and I'm pulling up the article just because, uh, for the record, I don't speak for UAPX, and I, I don't want to uh, – oh, good. You got the graphic. You were all prepared. Um, <laughs> I right. Uh, yeah, and so I just want to stress, I just – I had learned about this and wanted to cover it simply because uh, it, it was intriguing, uh, and it was a briefing to specifically a subcommittee – of the House Armed Services Committee, specifically the Intelligence and Special Operations Subcommittee. And from what I understand, uh, they were asked to come in and essentially give an overview of UAPX uh, and their findings. Uh, and And I urge everybody to read the article because, again, I, I don't speak for them, so I don't want to like misquote or misrepresent anything. Uh, but essentially, why I found this uh, encouraging was as we are all waiting for the UAP report, and waiting for ODNI to either finish it or do whatever the heck that they're doing, and get it over to Congress. The reason why I wanted to write this story was to show does Congress really need that for their answers. Uh, when you talk about class in the classified realm, sure, you're obviously dealing with military technology and so on. But if there's a true concern over what UAP are, the root of them, and it doesn't encroach into a classified arena, then why do they need, why do they need ODNI to to give them a report that they can extend into the private sector where they're getting funding from elsewhere, that it's not Uncle Sam's coffers that are funding them, and getting some answers there, or at least some clarity, or at least some idea or something. From the private sector, and that 's why I wanted to kind of write the story was because it showed that again, as we 're all waiting for the report, Congress is actually out talking to other people and and that was encouraging to me that they were reaching out to the private sector uh, and, and were able to hear information from UapX and UAPX was uh, gracious enough to allow me to publish two previously unpublished slides you're showing the one with data the other one was the title slide so obviously you know we can't really glean a lot from that but but uh, but rather set up you know visually what congress had saw and then uh capabilities of UAPX i had asked about are they looking for government contracts or or anything like that cuz that obviously was a concern to me um not in a disrespectful way, but concerned that if UAPX truly has a effort to go out, get some answers, and so on. If you get a government contract, what happens? Well, take Bigelow Aerospace for an example, they needed a top secret cleared facility to do the OSAP contract. So again, the OSAP UFO debate aside, I'm using that as an example that the paperwork showed they needed that clearance. With that clearance comes secrecy. So are you then kind of pigeonholing your organization into the same path that any intelligence agency, military branch, or whatever goes down. Uh, And and they go into detail that it wasn't necessarily looking for government contracts. Um, And and again, I invite you to read everything that they had submitted for the article, I do publish 100% of the answers that they give. So I didn't truncate anything or paraphrase or anything like that. Um, But they went through the Uh, the capabilities. And I want to bring up the the quote because it's easily overlooked, but it was one of the more interesting revelations from this. I had asked uh, if during the the briefing, did anybody ask questions from the congressional side? And what was interesting was this response. Most of the questions were about (coughs) what we have already recorded or captured. If we had capabilities for undersea monitoring, And then it shifted mostly to our funding. So undersea monitoring was what piqued my interest. I wanted to see if anybody would pick that up. I I didn't quote unquote highlight it in the article. I just let UAPX speak for themselves. But I mean, let's face it. This is now coming up in multiple ways during the UAP hearing. They start talking about underwater monitoring. And what happens? We can talk more about that in closed sessions. So whatever these phenomena are, obviously, there's an underwater connection to this. And obviously, there is a concern for them to ask now for Congress, this subcommittee to then ask UAPX about underwater monitoring. What's going on? Like, how Mm. big of an issue is this? Is this foreign adversaries? Is this, you know, our enemy encroaching into our waters? And we really are blind to that? Uh, Sure, maybe. Maybe. Uh, is there another aspect to what we consider unidentified aerial phenomena, but underwater? Maybe. I don't know. But to me, that was incredibly intriguing for them to ask that. And then, you know, UAPX obviously convey that to me when I when I wrote the article. So what it means, I don't know Uh what it means for UAPX. I don't know. Uh, I'm just stressing I don't speak for them. But I'm going to follow it. I, I mean, I, I wish those guys and gals the best and and what they want to achieve with this i'm eager to see results obviously people want to know every little facet of every little story and i can't or uapx can't answer that publicly uh uh, at least for now but um you know when they when they publish a new story or want to come out with something else i'll definitely be following it because again it, it it was an interesting revelation for a subcommittee to give the time to the private sector, ask the questions that they did. And it really brings up that that concept that ODNI and the intelligence community can do whatever they want in the classified realm and slough Congress off and be delayed with whatever report. But Congress may start turning to the private sector for answers. I'm speculating there a little bit, but obviously they're interested. So we'll we'll see how that turns out if if at all.
1: Yeah, that's what all those, uh, you know, uh, non, what were they, all those missed phone calls I've had on my phone, I think that's, that was definitely the ODNI reaching out <laughs> to me and reaching out to other UFO researchers. I wish, I wish, John, in a perfect yeah. Um
0: <laughs> That well, would be too a, easy uh, to, it would to reach out to people who've actually done investigation rather than hiring <laughs> people who don't care to do the investigation. But hey, you know, I mean, that's, that's government work for you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, Well, I mean, to kind of wrap things up, John, what else? What are you hopeful about? Any anything moving forward? We've had a lot of um, a lot of sobering news on the UFO front lately. Um, You know, ever since that New York Times article came out a few weeks back now, kind of deflated a lot of people, then the report. um, And unfortunately, now this stark reality of the story that you came out with. Uh, no more videos. Uh, what are you hopeful for moving forward with this topic? Anything? Anything? Any groups? Any no, organizations? Yeah. Anything? Any requests you've made? Yeah, give it to us.
0: Yeah, tons of requests are are still out. Um, for me, where I I will leave on a on a positive note is that even though that they're denying you know videos and stuff, and that's the eye candy we all want to see, and sure, that's frustrating. The amount of paper trails that go into all of this uh, is literally astronomical, right? From the emails to the letters to the communications. So when I see a late UAP report, all I see are paper trails. That's all I see in my head. I'm like, I can't wait to go after this because I want to see what's going on. The public report came out uh, in June of, of 2021. Uh, all I saw was the paper trails leading up to that. That report, that nine-page or whatever it was report, stemmed over 50 50 requests to thir- 13, 13 different agencies, I think it was, 13 or 14. Wow. Um, so you look for those, 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 those trails to go after and just start sniffing them out. And in my opinion, it's those trails that were, are going to tell us more and, in my opinion, have told us more. The NASA uh, – I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but I just dropped – I think collectively it's probably over 1500 pages of NASA UAP related emails on UAP and UFOs. And in there were, yeah, the less interesting stuff are just media inquiries and how NASA responds to media inquiries. But through those cases, I discovered when, uh, Administrator Bill Nelson was briefed in a classified setting. It was the first time i was able to prove uh documentation wise that that Jay stratton was the lead of the uap task force now it's more common knowledge but when i received that document it had not been acknowledged by anybody before Um, i had just kind of deduced it but was never able to prove it uh that came as part of the nasa releases i learned that a classified briefing on the uap report was recorded on video and I know where to get it. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be released. But what that proves is, uh, from a legal standpoint, a video exists. It is something that FOIAble that I can go after. And so these types of releases are... What they don't want you to see, you know that nine-page report. Sure, there was interesting tidbits, but it's those paper trails that lead to to so much. So those fifteen hundred pages, just to kind of close up the thought. I don't want to take over your show, Ryan. I know you're doing no. This is
1: incredible, man. um, This is an impromptu AMA. You know how those go. I mean, not for you. You people have a million questions for you, but I'm always terrified that no one's going to ask me any questions.
0: So to be completely honest, fear. Don't don't worry. (laughs) I I have the same same fear. Whenever I live stream, like nobody's going to show up to this. I'm like, no one's going to. People. Dude, we
1: got over eighty people watching this, and I guarantee Sweet. it's because uh, you you retweeted that you were that I was doing. I just this was okay. curious
0: who your guest was, and then I stumbled on the link. I was like, oh, I'll just join the show. <laughs> oh, um, whoops! But but yeah, so those NASA emails, uh, and I haven't actually advertised this yet, so this is new. Uh, only go up to about June of last year, which means then essentially the run up to their UAP effort. All of those communications, all of those those emails, all of that were, were actually not in this dump. Of uh, there were six total data dumps from NASA to me, which then I put online. Uh, it that time frame is not there of the ramp up up to this UAP study. So last week when everything was completed and I got the sixth request, I filed a new case with new names to NASA and Langley and. A couple others that I can't think of right now, uh, but all NASA facilities, all with the new names that I had discovered with the last one, and refiled essentially the same case or cases, but now getting the time frame of the UAP study. And for me, I think that that's going to reveal a ton of material because also in that are communications with the Navy the Pentagon and the DOD and other military branches as they all communicate during this whole process. So when I talk about paper trails, there's 12 billion of them to discover because those email chains and so on, then they take the documents that let's say the Navy wrote, they have to then give it to the Navy for review. So I may have never thought of a specific person at the Navy to request their emails because I don't know them. You know, I don't know every naval personnel that's involved in the UAP conversation. But with NASA, you look for those names, file requests on those names, and then it doesn't matter if you don't know the Navy person, all the emails come up because you were looking at the NASA personnel. And so then they transfer that over to the Navy, the Navy looks it over and they release it sometimes with the name revealed, sometimes not, but then that creates more paper trails. So not to be long winded, but where I'm going with this is that there's still so much to discover and there's so much, so much to be revealed, um, One of the NASA papers that came out was David Spurgle's paper on UFOs and his thoughts about UFOs. That was never public before, but that came up in the in the NASA FOIA request. So you start seeing how people feel about this topic. So then that UAP public report, whether it be the 2021 version or 2022, becomes irrelevant in a sense, because that's just what they want you to know. I want to know what is going on internally behind the scenes, what went into that report, who is involved, if they'll, if they'll release those names. Um, one other revelation that came from the National Reconnaissance Office was that the UAP task force had a whole advisory board for the task force that was never revealed before. We could safely assume they would, we can hope they would, uh, <laughs> but it was never in writing before. So you, you see all of these things that are going on behind the scenes, and that wasn 't in the report that wasn 't revealed in some press statement so there's a lo- there 's a lot going on there 's a lot still coming just because they won 't give you the videos doesn 't mean that they won 't give you the written reports about Uap or uFOs will it be a fight absolutely, but that doesn 't mean that those are completely lost we 've been able to to extract some of those and and there 's a lot of people obviously going for them. Uh, the last thought I'll, I'll leave you with is uh, there have been quite a few FAA reports that are popping up of UAP being seen by pilots. Obviously, Ben Hansen's been been uh, researching quite a bit, uh, but I have uh, uh, filed some requests on other cases that have nothing to do with those racetrack ones, but rather they're seeing them all over. And uh, FAA has taken the reports, I've got all the flight numbers and so on and so forth. So I've got quite a few cases filed with that as well. So when they're released, I'll I'll definitely post them. And I've already posted some from the past. Uh, one, I think, uh, ultimately was probably Starlink. But regardless, you can start seeing the paper trails. You know, come about and 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 researching UAP when it comes to the FAA. Um, I'm trying to think of how many acronyms I can throw into this answer, Ryan. I just <laughs> uh, throw out a ton of them to you. But anyway, there's a lot going on, and and I, I I don't want anybody to think, hey, I'm 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 done with this. I should go away because I go back to my answer before the true reason why we are all here is still there. Don't let the government deter you from seeking answers. Don't let FOIA denials deter you from that. Just remember why we're all here and we'll all have fun in the process and and, uh, try and get to whatever truth is going on if we can.
1: Absolutely, man. Um, And to kind of end it here, I want to play this quick clip that i know you appreciate this guy's work as much as i do kind of a joke about the uap report being late um thank god for this guy otherwise you know everyone's all mad and and grumpy about it but not this guy so let's go ahead and play it before we let you go here
0: day number nine and still no ufo report nine days really nine days this is getting ridiculous do you have any idea what can be done in less than nine days? Because if you don't, I just so happen to have a list ready. You could walk your foot dragon self from the Pentagon to Atlanta. You could float your boat down the Amazon. You could take a car for a lap around Australia. Or you could even fly to the moon, plant a flag on it, and fly back to Earth. So, what's taking so long?
1: That's crazy. I love man. that. Guy. Fly to the moon and back. Uh, I mean, that was nine days ago. He's done more since then too. Yeah. I,
0: that guy, he's so entertaining. I, I I love what he does. And when he was starting to do these videos, I kept, you know, prodding him through tweets and stuff. I was like, where's it? You know, where's day three? Where's day four? What's going on? <laughs> and there was one that he dropped and he had all these reactions. And he was like, the one that got me was he was crying in bed and he was holding yeah. stuffed animals. And so I said, this has to be a reaction gif. We have to make this. And before I did that, Grant Lavac from uh from Australia, if you don't know Grant, follow him on Twitter. He's an awesome guy. Really follows the Australian connection to all of this. So he is the guy that does all the, the fun joking deep fake videos, you know, yeah. and and so he saw my tweet, grabbed the video, automatically made the animated gifts. So now we have a full set of Dan Warren reaction gifs. So I keep posting that one where he's crying, holding his stuffy, and I, he's just, uh, he's one of the examples of, of why I love this field, right? There's a lot of examples of why it's no fun, but Dan and Grant and yourself, Ryan, everybody who has fun with this, excuse me, and remembers like why we're here. Uh, that's why I'm still around too. You know, it's, it's so motivating to see that because it's, it's not about arguing somebody's point or you better believe me or I'm going to X, Y, Z you. Uh, it's, it's just about having fun and asking those questions. And Dan's a prime example. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you played the video because it's, it's, uh, absolutely reinforces my point earlier about just remembering why we're here.
1: And he's even getting his whole family involved on these kind of things, which I—it's amazing.
0: Yeah. Again,
1: you 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 encapsulate it perfectly. Why we're here, and I think that's what's driving me to continue, even as I wade through all this government stuff, as you do. So, um, John, thanks, man. Thanks for hopping in last minute. Of course, for my uh, for saving my AMA. Uh, this was
0: <laughs> all extremely. Feel bad. Take over your show, Ryan. Anytime. Oh no, I'll just I've got a whole and...
1: episode now, buddy. Yeah. No, no, this is great. I don't have to worry for another week. Um, but uh, where can we find everything you are up to, my man? And yeah, give us those socials before
0: before. You sure, do sure. It. The, the The easiest roadmap: just go to theblackvault dot com, and uh, at the top of the site you'll see social media icons. At the bottom of the articles, you'll see everything. Uh, I am probably, arguably, most active on Twitter the handle is black vault com com. Uh, the rest again, I invite you to click on the icon so I don't bore you to death because there's different variations, depending upon username availability. But yeah, the black that'll give you the roadmap to all the articles, YouTube channel, and especially for the story that we were talking about earlier uh, that Ryan had brought up. Uh, I'll have that on the on the YouTube channel. Uh, obviously, today is the most recent video. So Enjoy, feel free to to contact me, and I'm uh, always interested in feedback.
1: Perfect, perfect. Yep, and you do everything in podcast form, too, guys, so subscribe to that wherever you get somewhere in the skies as well. Uh, John, thank you, my man. Have a great rest of your afternoon, and uh, keep fighting the good fight, my man.
0: I appreciate that. Can I ask you one question to start off your AMA?
1: Oh, my gosh, please do.
0: It was asked I'm to scared. me in a live stream. I thought it was a brilliant question, and okay. I don't remember – if I revisited it, but I was so on the spot, I couldn't answer it. So my, the, so the question is, and I forget the person's name who asked me, if you could meet one person in the UFO field that you've never, uh, that you never met before, but has passed on, who would it be? And what's the question you would ask? Wow. Who is passed on? Okay. Right. I, I did the same thing. I was like, ah, I don't know. It's passed on. Um, Wow
1: that is such a good question that i'm I'm drawing a blank right now
0: um that's exactly my reaction so I wanted to I wanted to see if you if you had a I later when I got off I wanted to contact oh, the yeah. guy do you have it
1: oh no no no, no. I was just gonna I, I I know that feeling like later on I yeah, know later, in an hour yeah. I'm gonna it's like
0: two something. in the morning I woke up like, I, I've got an answer now yeah. um <laughs> late, later i I had thought of uh, j J allen Heineck. And, and, and the reason is I, I, I'd, I'd want to ask him, cause there's a lot of speculation. I mean, I think everybody believes Socorro is what turned him, uh, essentially from that, again, skeptical standpoint to the, to the believer. Uh, but he worked with, uh, a dear, uh, friend I knew for decades who has passed on, uh, Ted Phillips. And, and I, I did shows with Ted, spoke at conferences with Ted, knew Ted. And that's why then I, I, was kicking myself. I didn't think of Jay Allen Hynek, uh, at the time because he was obviously Ted's mentor. So knowing Ted personally for so long, I knew that, uh, Hynek probably had a much better answer than, Oh yeah, it was Socorro. Like I would love to hear what really made him go, you know what, there's something to this. This is not the swamp gas, the planet Venus and, and so on. So yeah, that was the answer I, I, I thought of after, but, uh, I was curious your thoughts. So put some thought into, I'm sure at a later show, yeah. you'll think of somebody. I'm in. going
1: towards, I'm leaning towards James McDonald, just because it was such a tragic end yeah. to that guy's career and life. And I wish there was something we could have done back then in the field to be like, dude, just keep going. Cause we've all been there yeah. and he, he, he battled his own demons and, and mental illness and whatnot. But, um, you know, I ultimately think that a lot of his depression came from this topic and it can do that it can really really eat away at you so if we could have had him listen to you talking about keep going like there's always there's a core mystery that's why we're here i think uh things might have uh and that might be really blasphemous to say and controversial but things might have been different for mr mcdonald
0: yeah if he had did that you, Did you ever meet uh Druffel?
1: No, that that name did come to mind as well. Um, Andrew yeah, Hull, sh- James McDonald and uh, everyone's saying Stan Friedman. We both had the unbelievable pleasure to have worked with Stan. Yeah,
0: past, yeah, so. I, I knew Stan for twenty something, twenty something years. Yeah, my, you my did my a, a wonderful.
1: Of, um, yeah, when I did that tribute to him, you, that's you right. Submitted yeah, a wonderful yeah, yeah, yeah. video. No, that was so cool that,
0: that you did that. Um, yeah, yeah was he fun. was he was a great one. But I bring up Anne, just uh, sadly, who also passed on. But uh, her book on uh, James McDonald is definitely more detailed than anything I'm aware of. So anyway, yeah. I'll let you do your AMA. I'm, I'm happy well, I got to kick it off with something. That I loved you. it,
1: man. Thank you. Thank awesome, you. Man. No better way, way to one. start it. You too. Take care. I
0: appreciate it. Thanks to everybody watching. I appreciate it.
1: Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network.
0: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Selling a little? Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage,